And that was the second time I got crabs. Anyway, <laughs> welcome everybody to After the Roll, Mark Three, Version Four, the final countdown. I am your host, Clan Diesel, along with all of my fellow lovelies here with me. I've got Dr. Diz DM. Apparently, cat did get his tongue. Uh, Lady Chaotic. Oh. The one, the only, the Admiral. Double buck. And Ellen. And Ellen strikes back. (laughs) The sequel. Oh. (laughs) This time it's personal. Oh, dang. Well, if you're here in exactly, if you're here and you're in chat, you're going, wait a minute. There's more than three old dudes here. What the hell is going on? Well, I have the answer, believe it or not. A long time ago, we started a podcast called After the Roll, where we discussed what was going on with the campaign. But uh, then we stopped, and now we're doing it again for the third time, and uh, this time with feeling. So now on Thursdays, we're going to interchange. So this Thursday, After the Roll, the first episode. Next week, Three Old Men yelling at Cloud. Then, after the roll. Are you seeing a pattern here? Because that's what we're doing. So, I hope everybody is doing well this fine Thursday evening. The uh, the people here with me seem to be doing well. They're a little, they're a little chatty. They're a little talkative. They're a little trying to hide their laughs. Either that or they have gas. Which is fine, too. Whatever you want to do. I'm going to go with both. Both? <laughs> they want to laugh and they have gas. So, they're like me. All right, so without further ado, we are going to start. And what I would like to do, starting out, since this is episode one, and some people may be going, there's more than three people here, who the hell are them? Let's introduce everybody and kind of figure out what who you are, what you do, and why you're on this show. So I think we should go first with our beloved DM. Dr. Diz DM. Mm-hmm. Talk a little about yourself, if you would. Okay. Uh, I've been DMing uh, D&D campaigns since the early 2000s, I guess mid-early 2000s. So probably 15 years or so going on. Uh, currently, we are playing a campaign that is pretty much just started. I think we're about a year into it. Um, but the first year, we didn't get a lot of, ep- you know, a lot of sessions in, episodes in. Um, so we're in the second year. We're about to episode 20. I think that's the next one. The next episode, yeah. It's, it's a homebrew campaign that I'm, I'm put together, uh, but it exists in the world of Faroon. If you're familiar with that, the Sword Coast and stuff like that. That's primarily where everything's happening. All right. You want to know more about me? We'll come I come like back tool. to you later. That's true. That's true. Uh, we would play the Dr. Diz DM uh, hat wearing drinking game, but you would all die. Except for this as long guy. as as long Listen, as you pick Buck's tool. Got it. All right. Listen, so. he didn't have a hat on when he first came on camera last week, and I was scared. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> no, no, this is odd. <laughs> this is out of my comfort zone." I don't like, it. like, what is happening? All right. Uh, Lady Chaotic. Hello, I am Lady K or Lady Chaotic. Hola. 
Um, I am primarily an Apex streamer. I'm primarily an Apex streamer. Um, I just recently started doing Harry Potter cosplay on my TikTok, which has been super, super fun. I'm enjoying that a lot, actually. Um, and I'm actually new to D&D. I've watched a lot of D&D and I've, you know, kind of dabbled, but I've never actually played. So this is actually my first campaign with these guys here. Uh, I think it's going pretty well so far. So far, so good. You know, we got, you know, a little, little bit of craziness, but uh, I now play in one campaign with Diz and these guys. And then I play with these guys also in size campaign as well. So now I'm running two campaigns and now I probably should say I'm kind of addicted. So, you know, fair enough. <laughs> Welcome to D&D Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> All right, double up buck, the Admiral. Well. I would say I mod for everybody here that streams, but that would be a lie now. Uh, I used to be able to make that claim. I blame Lady for that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I play D&D &D often, and uh, I play a, a halfling gunslinger that uh, is literally me incarnate on a sheet of paper. That's generally what people usually make their first character. I've noticed is but he's not my first character. That's true. But I think he's the one closest to your heart. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ellen. All right. Talk about yourself. You why? Um now I am actually Lady K's IRL bestie. We've known each other for longer than we're going to admit. Um yeah. we're not gonna talk about that. Uh yeah, I played D&D a couple times and then scheduling conflicts slash personal issues with the DM and uh, a move across a state. And then Lady was talking, hey, I kind of want to get a D&D group together. And I said, yes, we're doing this. It's happening. <laughs> and I bugged her for months saying, hey, when are we going to play? Um, so, yes uh very much something i enjoy you can usually find me in chat on ladies streams and causing shenanigans in her discord there you go well it is lovely to meet all of you yes, i like this lady k and ellen seem to be the female version of you and i it is Diz and i have literally known each other for like 35 years See, we can't that claim is, that because we haven't been alive that long. That is, well, I, I have. <laughs> there is dirt younger than me. <laughs> the gun's away, Ellen. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to start this with a little section I like to call discussions. And I call it discussions because they're DM questions relating to Dr. Diz. So uh, we're going to start there, see how it goes. This is going to be very informal, very fluid. If you have a question, though, I would ask that you hold it up until the end where we will have an opportunity for the DM to ask questions of the players, the players to ask questions of the DM, and for the audience to go, what the fuck have you guys been talking about for an hour? So here we go. Uh, question one, you've told us so far, Diz, that you've been DMing for like 20 years since the early aughts. Long ago, when it was black and white, <laughs> you had to make your own dice. So, um, 
Now, what people may not know is that before this campaign that we're doing right now, which is called Not Actually Heroes Cataclysm, that you actually ran a uh, campaign with me and a few others from that campaign uh, for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, after four years, the campaign ended. Wonderful campaign. Really enjoyed it. Very nice ideas. Round of applause for you. You did good, kid. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. Now, this campaign and its sister campaign, The Forgotten, are actually sequels to that original campaign set 1,000 years in the future from that original campaign that we were in. Um, can you kind of explain what is going on in Cataclysm? All right. So... I can't give away a lot, uh, but no, what, just, you, what is what is player points. appropriate that people just, know? Just the high yeah. points. So in um, the last campaign, it was in set in Faroon as well, the Sword Coast. Uh, it actually started out from a module, uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen. We were playing it, and as as we were going through it, I didn't like. I would read the parts of the module we were going up to next, and I didn't like it. So I changed a lot of it around. Um, also, you know, some of the players might have already read through that module. So I really wanted to change it up so that they didn't know what was going to happen. Um, by the end of that module, I had like, I was just taking chapters out of it. and like, no, I don't like this at all. So it completely changed it. So I really liked homebrewing it. So the second half of that campaign was completely homebrewed. After we finished Horde of the Dragon Queen, I think we were about probably level 12-ish in that range, probably. The rest of the levels on that was completely homebrewed, and I loved it. So um, starting this next campaign, I wanted it to be far enough into the future where, you know, the players or the characters from the last one probably wouldn't be alive um, by natural means, at least, uh, to be in this next campaign. But I wanted it to be in the same world so we could almost do um, some of the stuff like, you know, um, Bilbo's trolls, you know, um, how they kind of find them in Lord of the Rings and their stone statues. You know, we can kind of go sightseeing, at least from uh, the player point of view, kind of recall that. Um, so this campaign is called Cataclysm. Um, what has happened in the world is in the thousand year span, immediately after they beat the big bad of the last campaign, uh, his name was Zanzir, and he was a wizard, necromancer, lich, uh, demigod kind of. By the end, that's what it became. And he was trying to destroy reality, he was trying to destroy everything. Like he was so vengeful about everything, he was trying to unmake everything, the gods and everything. So they defeated him, and after that, there was a span of peace for a while. Because of that span of peace, what usually happens is you have people that kind of start manipulating things, and you start having these little squabbles here and there right over, because there's there's no bad guy to fight, so people fight each other instead. Right. So you have this but inevitable betrayal. You have these city-states that start to form all over the continent. Um, and if, even, I think, all of Faroon becomes city-states, and they start battling over land. So um, I have a map of actually these city-states that I don't think most of the players have even seen. Um, 
But we know that there's tension between Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter. We know that they're they've kind of fought over the area that was water deep, but is now destroyed in my campaign. It's completely ruined. Um, so during that time, we've got um, some squabbling going on, right? We have um, then we have this army that comes out from the uh, Underdark. And if you don't know what the Underdark is, it's just kind of like the underworld of uh, usually that just exists underneath the continents on Toriel. Um, so they come out and kind of try to take advantage of the chaos that's going on and try to attack the races on the surface and take over. So they have this long war that happens from that. And finally, the city-states bond together again and push back the people from the Underdark. Um, they've got them on the run, basically, and then something happens. Part of Faroon and Kartor. Um, imagine um, Faroon, Kartor, and Zakara as being almost like Europe, Asia, and Africa. Kind of that layout, right? So in between Faroon and Kartor, which would be Europe and Asia, a large landmass just disappears. It either falls into the ocean or just the gods rip it out, you know, of, of this dimension. But there was a lot of battling happening there. So everybody that was fighting there, they're all gone. They're dead or they're missing. Uh, so that is, that is what we call the cataclysm. That's what, they're, that's what we're considering the cataclysm when they, when they talk about it in the game. But nobody actually knows what has happened. So hopefully this party will kind of figure that out towards the end of the game. So that, that's a synopsis, I guess, from the last campaign into this one. All right, uh, before we continue, we have a Sweet Poison O2 in Jizz's chat asking if everyone uh, could give their pronouns. That way they can discuss with the uh, stream better. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I would be he, him, right? So You're he, him. Yeah, I yeah. told them that I was he, him. Yep. She, her. She, her as well. Double bucket asshole. <laughs> Just for him, <laughs> but he earned it. He's proud of it. <laughs> All right, <Yeah>. so <laughs> there, there you I go. actually put it in chat. Yeah, love it. Uh, All right, so you talked a little bit about uh, cataclysm stuff. So, what are some of the things that were going through your head that you said I want to do a a sequel? Instead of just making, you know, some people will go and make a whole new campaign, whole new everything. Um, you know, the stories are not connected at all. Kind of like a, a Final Fantasy sequel. Uh, this one, though, is, like I said, a direct sequel to the other one. So what made you decide to go that direction? So um, I have nothing against starting a completely new game um, mm -hmm. in a different world and, and all that. And I actually uh, had a brief stint of a game that did that, but that game kind of didn't last. Scheduling conflicts and such, like Ellen said, happened, <laughs> and uh, it kind of just fell apart. But after that, I really thought about it, and there was a lot of stories left in from my last campaign that were just not finished. Like, like mm -hmm. there was parts that were there that I, I really wanted to uh, and I really had developed some characters and stuff in that one, in that world. 
Um, and even though that we're a thousand years in the future and a lot of those characters should be gone, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Um, Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> um, there would be remnants of them that I could go back and touch on. And <clears throat> we even experienced one thing early on in this campaign where um, I had made a whole castle worth of stuff to explore and treasure to find and monsters to fight. And the party snuck through the whole thing. They just snuck around everything and got out of there as quickly as possible. <laughs> um, so we kind of experienced, uh, it wasn't the full castle, but we got to experience a little bit of the taste of what what some of the stuff was in there and some of the treasure was found. And it was really cool because it was high-level stuff. You guys were getting at low levels. Uh, this was before Lady and Ellen had joined us. But I, was say, uh, I don't think I know about this part. I was going to say, nope, we missed the loot. Yep, yep. Yep, missed she the loot. would remember yeah. the loot. <laughs> Ellen definitely would remember the loot. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You lost a party member there. I smell some gold, Tintoy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what are some of the challenges that you faced doing a sequel? Uh, so the sequel, um, I'd say the biggest challenge that I run into so far is that um, I'm playing with some of the players that played in the previous game. About It's about 50-50. Right. So the new players will come up on something in game and the player and the character <laughs> don't know anything about it. Like it's it's like a little clue or a breadcrumb or maybe just maybe it doesn't mean anything, but it's just remnants from an old, you know, part of the last campaign. Um, and like they see these things as players and characters and they either might skim over it or they might be like, Ooh, that's interesting. I'll write a note about that. But then I have, you know, other players that have experienced it and kind of know maybe what it is and they get real excited about it. And I think it's hard to manage the excitement of, um, cause I don't want everybody to, you know, like give things away because their characters in game are brand new characters, even though the players are the same. So right, yeah, uh, it's it's hard to not manage knowing is great. It is zombie beholders. <laughs> not knowing yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it makes it better. Yeah, so it's hard, and it's uh, as being a DM, I know all of the secrets. So sometimes um, it's hard for me to keep those to myself. Uh, I really feel isolated sometimes. Um, I experienced that from the last campaign. I felt like I was alone for four years <laughs> DMing. Um, and you, you really want to like share that stuff with the players, but many, many DMS will, they say, do not give into that urge after the sessions, uh, players will be like, Hey, you know, if this happened or if I did this, would this have been different? They're like, don't tell them, do not tell them, leave it a Guilty. mystery. Yep. I 100% yes. appreciate you that know. from you. Cause like, especially being new to D and D in general, it's so hard to be a character and just completely wash that stuff out of your brain. I mean, you, you know, because you're you, but at the same time, yeah. like it's, I know it, I know it's going to be so hard on you to not share because you, you've built it, right? You're like, you're so excited to yeah. share all of it. And then, you know, we go and do things like skip a whole castle where you've spent <laughs> all your time putting it into it. Then exactly. It and the cool part though, is I get to feel a little bit of that 
where you know I helped you uh, create some of this stuff. So when things happen that I've honestly forgotten about, and then it happens, I'm like, oh, don't, oh, 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 I know, oh, this oh, 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 yeah, this is it. And it's so cool. I'm just like, oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Uh, so yeah, I kind of, I kind of understand where you're coming from on that, where you're like, you want to share it so you can see everybody go, oh, that was awesome. But then you can't give it away because it's going to give story beats away for for a while now. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything this looking back on um, the new campaign that knowing what you know now that you would change if you restarted, if you could go back in time and restart this campaign? So every like I would say every DM. Uh, you never get past that. No matter how good you think you are, you will go through a session, and when you end it, almost immediately, if not the next day, you'll be like, "God, I should have did this. That would have been so much cooler," you know. Or you know, if I'd have done this, the players might have caught on to those clues I was dropping. You know, you immediately yeah. second guess yourself. So. I don't I don't live on those moments though. I do experience them, but I don't mm -hmm. I don't keep them with me. I just flush them away. I just let them pass and you know, like, well, you know, I gotta live with what I did. So, you know, <laughs> we'll go from here. But in the last All campaign, right. um, is there anything that I would change? Like one thing? Um probably the last battle, it was it was fun, but I really wanted there to be maybe almost like a mechanic to the fight as well. Um, like something with uh, the actual battlefield that you guys were on, that something like maybe you had to stand in a certain spot or, you know, certain runes had to be activated or, or something like that. You know, almost like when you play destiny that there's usually a mechanic and a, with the boss fight or something like that. Um, yeah. I kind of wish that maybe something like that would have been, but even though we didn't, it was a pretty epic fight still. So It was. I was there. Speaking of which, we have a question from the audience, actually, for you, Diz, uh, mm -hmm. about things that you would change in the previous mm -hmm. campaign. And the question is, uh, would you still send Agminos to the Abyss? 100, 100%, yes. yes. <laughs> I don't think that was from the chat there, the folks. Audience. I'm pretty sure it's, that's it's the, the audience. I'm pretty it's sure that chat. the host wanted to say it and he put it in himself. And that yeah, is you the, see it. Yeah, I see you posted it. <laughs> if you're in my chat, you can see it was a legitimate question from the audience. I didn't read the name. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Hey, uh -huh. Uh, if you were gonna do that, you should have messaged Timmy or Baker and had them ask. <laughs> yeah, you could you could have done better. You could have easily gotten that through. <laughs> uh all right. Okay, so now uh <laughs> we'll give you a little bit of a break, Biz, and we'll okay. go to uh the players um i guess we'll start here with lady k uh lady k if you would tell us a little bit about your character yeah so um currently right now in this campaign i am playing uh a tabaxi uh wizard and her name is adara and she is super cool um one of the things i like about her the best is her her backstory is interesting it's different um, I wanted her to have kind of a noble-like attire and like where she comes from. So she comes from a high elven kingdom. Um, she was a um, pretty much like a 
uh, what are the right words, Diz? Because um, the title is escaping me right now. Um, so, she's essentially an advisor, like a magical advisor yeah. to the king, um, the elven king. And her Almost thought like process is, yeah, like she, she yeah. gives magical advice in terms of war to the king. Uh, and she kind of has like a gypsy feel to her. She's, you know, kind of fun and quirky, has earrings and different things. And uh, she studies divination. So she can see the future and she gets premonitions and different things. And one thing that my character is currently experiencing is that she was sent here because she keeps having the same premonition and it won't go away. So her job right now is to really do what she's supposed to do to uh, get that back, essentially. Um, so what made you decide to play a tabaxi mage? So there is a lovely lady by the name of Caustic Phoenix. If you don't know who that is, she is amazing. Um, she is part of Captain Robert's crew and has been with them for quite a long time. And she was always somebody I enjoyed watching and just looked up to, uh, cause she's so quirky and she used to play a tabaxi. And I just really liked the, the thought and how they, operate and move and it was just I wanted something different you know my first character ended up being an elf I feel like most people's probably are um, or something similar something simple and so I wanted to do something different so I chose tabaxi this term around just to give her kind of a different flair to her okay. all right double book the admiral tell us a little bit about your character in this campaign well, well, first off, I want to say the lady's character's broken on her seeing the future because she sure shit didn't see JD coming. No. <laughs> well, she doesn't have any visions right now, so she, she only has uh, one. He scared the hell out of her when he showed up. It's back to the party. No one expects the JD Inquisition. Right. <laughs> so I play a gunslinger halfling that uh, he served in the military he got discharged on uh, conduct on becoming an officer due to being set up by a fellow member of the unit he was in. Yeah. Um, and so JD has uh, left there to go try to find adventuring parties to uh, be able to see the world because JD left his home to find out why his family's whiskey is so sought after throughout the realm. And he thought the best way to do it was to join the military and then found out that the best way to do it is to join a venturing guild that was going to go wherever in the world. Uh, he, he's very angry. He, he doesn't really trust anybody because he's always been looked down upon and mistreated because of his size and who he is. And then after what happened in the service, he sure as hell doesn't trust anybody because the people he was closest to betrayed him. So the party gets to experience that because JD will help you if y'all have the same common interest. But once you start to do something that he doesn't care a damn about, if you die, you die. If you go off on your own, it's whatever, because he doesn't have an interest in caring at that point. He has also pointed his firearms at party members in the past. And I've threatened to kill one. Yes. That's um, true. And That's true. anybody in chat, in the next episode or two of our campaign, you should show up because I'm going to threaten one other person with a gun uh, <laughs> in our party. 
trying to get spicy. Uh, so <laughs> there is that. Uh, but the person that betrayed JD in his life, uh, JD has since killed. Uh, yeah. He did it in front of his own party members. Uh, to Including save the complete life. strangers. That's to, true. To save the life of his cleric friend that he's known for over a year. And I do want to get back to that here in just a second. I have a question regarding that, but uh, I want to give uh, so you're playing Halfling Gunslinger. What made you decide Halfling Gunslinger? <laughs> because that was the best class that I could put every part of me into short of the loyal honorable side of the house, which is what my first character oh. I don't know what it's doing. Hashtag we break shit. It's true. We it's do. Back we, up break. Now. we break yeah. it. Is get it back. All right, we're back. We're back. <laughs> Moment. OBS, cut that shit out. <laughs> or or don't cut that shit out. <laughs> or, or do I need to get JD? When it goes on YouTube, we will cut that shit out. <laughs> so. <clears throat> All right. So, Ellen. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about our little pirate friend. You're calling her little. She's not little per se. Um, my character is a, as far as the party knows, human uh, swashbuckler oh. rogue. They don't know any different. That's um, true. I don't know any different. A lot of uh, abandonment issues and such in her childhood, and she joined a pirate crew uh left that crew for reasons we are not going to disclose for the sake of story and for the past 18 years has essentially been a sword for hire and uh when the party found her she was uh in a prison cell and only one of them actually asked her why she was there and it was a prison cell saved for the worst of the worst criminals and it turns out she kind of uh was felt up in a tavern and cut the hand off the guy who did it, but the guy was related to a powerful politician in the area. So she was thrown in prison. Same thing happened to me. <laughs> it was full, it was perfectly justified. Yeah, well, I mean, as long as you say justified before you do it, then they shouldn't have threw you in prison. <laughs> That's the rules. I mean. So what made you decide to play this character? So in one of my previous campaigns that didn't work out, I had built a swashbuckler rogue and I loved her. She was so much fun to play. I had so many ideas for her story and I was just so engaged in um, getting to play that through. And then life happened. And I didn't get to see things through with her. So when we started up this, uh, when we were asked to join this campaign, I said, fuck it, I'm going to be a pirate. Because who Fair. doesn't want to be a pirate? She's talked exactly. about this pirate a lot, by the way. Before she actually got to do it, when Diz asked us to join this campaign, she was like, I'm going to play the pirate. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, she was uh -huh. talking about being a rogue. And I was like, she wouldn't be a pirate rogue, though. <laughs> It'd still be fine. You were like, don't you dare. I was like, bitch, I will end you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as as the players, 
how are you enjoying the campaign so far? Which is going to be a little bit different. Uh, Lady Kay, Ellen, you both are new to the campaign. Buck has been around since the beginning of the campaign. So uh, for the two of you that are the newest, how do you think it, how are you enjoying it so far coming in on a campaign that was already in progress? I mean, it's hilarious to see the group dynamics that already were put together. Oh, her headset died. <laughs> um, the group dynamics and just seeing the other characters already playing off each other has been hilarious. It's just been so much fun to dive into that. And I'm just excited to keep playing it out and to see those relationships build and actually see our characters become part of the party and have them get engaged with the rest of them as well. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Especially because, you know, when we came in, we came in at such a an interesting point in the story that it was yeah. mid prison break. Yeah, you know, mid prison break, we're like, here's two new characters, you know, and luckily, or ironically enough, you know, my character being noble fit in very well with one side of the party where they were at at the time and Ellen's character being a swashbuckling pirate fit really well into the prison situation that it they were in. Sense. So That's luckily, true. like it was almost perfect uh, for the characters we chose to put them into that part of the story. However, we really haven't got to like know, know the current characters. Pretty much we're all just kind of like, all right, we're all together and we have to do this. So here we go. Like, so <laughs> I'm, I'm interested for them to develop their relationships and really like start to create some bonds and you know have maybe a couple people who are more closely like friends than other people and seeing just where the role play goes because we have such a diverse group of people and characters that it it could literally go anywhere <laughs> yeah also something about this campaign that uh people in chat may not know and that uh you and ellen may not know either this group of characters has been very much in flux since the campaign started um i've heard i mean which is also <laughs> kind of a plus for bringing in new characters because there's never been time for the party to really uh congeal together and set you know firm and establish relationships with each other because generally the lifespan of a character so far in this campaign is about three episodes and then they go away <laughs> and then a new one takes over we've made it three we have made That's true. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> and, I, and I know that, that for for Diz, you know, he doesn't mind people switching characters and stuff, but it does put a little bit of pressure on him because then he has to fix storylines and, and stuff like that. So I, I know that's the thing, but I think that is a plus for bringing in new characters like, like your alls. Uh, well, let's say you, Buck, you've been around since uh, the beginning. I think I'm going to go on record on saying to what you said just now about the life expectancy. JD has not killed another player's character yet. That's true. <laughs> yet. <laughs> there has been no deaths caused by JD. Well, that, that's not well, true. Well, but, well and but the party. I killed the party. my own. I killed my own character, but that's beside the point. <laughs> that is true. Uh, uh, but to answer your question, I'll be in here since the beginning. Um, there's been a lot of weird turns that, that has transpired since the beginning. Um, you know, JD 
left the party and he wasn't really going to leave the party, but nobody in the party offered to give him a ride on their horse after he offered the merchants his horse so that they could get their wagon back to town. So that's why JD left the party was, well, my horse is leaving. I'm not walking and nobody cares enough to let me ride with them. So JD went on back. Uh, he had a secondary reason for going, but that was his biggest one, which I told you and Diz both about, was the fact that yeah. nobody offered me a ride, so I said to hell with it. Um, but with JD doing that, he's learned more things and experienced more things than the rest of the party has. Like, he knows what's happening in other parts of the world that the other people don't know. Yeah. And so... He's got to see more and do more just because he wasn't there than he would have got to had he been with the party the whole time. Yeah. Uh, which brings up another question uh, for you, Buck. Uh, kind of a two-parter. One, how did it feel to kind of have your own side quest with JD? And then the follow-up to that is, how did it feel to play another character for a while, specifically the arch nemesis of your main character well the the first part i thought was interesting because you know D diz didn't bring this up to me at all about jd was going on his own little adventure uh we started an episode and diz said uh all of y'all that are going to be part of this next little side quest if you made a character pull up their character sheet and then diz said oh by the way when this happens, you're going to get an amulet that allows you to up your player level and you're leaving Baldur's Gate to Icewind Dale. And I'm like, do what? Like, didn't have a clue that was coming. And now JD's traveling, you know, the other end of the world to go fight some vampire lord. Doesn't have yeah. a clue what he's doing. But in his mind, he was like, well, they need help. They're paying me. Hell with it. I ain't got nothing else to do. Let's go. So that's why JD took off. To, to go do his little side quest. Um, but he learned a lot that could be beneficial to the party once he finally has a chance to relay that information. Right. Uh, the other one question, the other part was fun because <laughs> I had that character, day one, two people looked at me like, no, there's no damn way that I'm trusting this guy. Not gonna trust to tell him anything that we're doing not going to let him be involved with anything that we're really doing because they didn't trust him. Two episodes after that, Galen is going to take care of some of the most important shit leading up to that prison break yeah. by himself. And so I pulled the wool over the entire party's eyes that they thought he was just an all right guy. And then you find out in that episode when JD confronts him that he's actually a bad guy. And he's been a bad guy the entire time he's been in the party. Mm -hmm. And so to play him and not do anything evil at all and not direct my anger or frustrations or anything towards party members made it interesting because I was waiting to have to be playing deception constantly. Yeah. And then it never transpired. But then again, you know, uh, Diz gave me the opportunity to play one more character in that town. Yeah, and it's true. To be completely honest, if that character hadn't have shown up, a couple of y'all would have died at least once. That is true. 
It was it so. was a character that was really close to his heart, and you know, <laughs> well, it was close um, to something. I don't know about my heart. <laughs> Not by that name, right. And I do want to get into that, but next time we'll talk about that character, uh, definitely. Um, all right, so Lady K, Ellen, we talked a little bit about it a minute ago. You guys were coming into an all, a campaign that was already kind of established or in the process of establishing. Did you guys have any trepidation at all with coming in, or were you think, "Oh, this is I'm fine. There's not going to be any problems. We'll just do it." I mean, there was a little bit because, I mean, we knew you guys already and we knew mm -hmm. Sly, but it was coming into this group and being like, oh, these are people that we've never <laughs> seen before. Hi, we're going to do weird nerdy shit together. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't know. I'm a big people person. You guys know me. I, I can pretty much talk to anybody. So for me, like, I, I don't know. I was thrown into a really good spot. I think my only real worry when I was coming into the campaign wasn't really the people that I was worried about, but more so how did, how was I going to come in and incorporate this character out of nowhere into a situation that you guys had kind of been building up to for a while, you know, you guys have your own, um, relationships kind of not not super tight but like you have things that you guys have already kind of worked out like um yeah you know, size character yarman and exire are close and to kind of just you know my character came into a sit down party essentially with the duke and i had to kind of put myself into what was kind of a tense situation <laughs> and my yeah. character was i was like gosh like what do i do like how do i play this out how do i how do I introduce this character into such a tense moment where, you know, they're trying to decide, well, do we kill this guy or do we talk to him? Which we were supposed to talk to him. That didn't end up happening. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, yeah, very rarely I blame the it. vampire. There's a lot of murder hobos in our, in our party. But the reason I ask that is, is really simple. It wasn't to call you guys out or whatever, but there could be a lot of people that are in chat or watching this later on YouTube. Uh, that are new to D&D, have never played it before, or will be joining a campaign that's already in progress. So it's a good, you know, kind of perspective to say, oh, I'm a little scared about joining this campaign, but I'm not the only person that has ever felt this way, you know. Uh, it's definitely scary. Like, I, I know Ellen for sure was a little stressed. I mean, was I'm like, her best friend. So uh, I, I was tell. like, fuck more D&D, but I don't know these people. <laughs> <laughs> They but could be the weird. Things, the the best old. advice I could give, Glenn, I play up with you. Come on. <laughs> so that's true. I mean, come on. Listen, if you can, if you can put up with me, you can put up with anybody. <laughs> Shit, we're pulling in the other campaign now. Nah, exactly. Nah, I, I almost, fine. I almost killed her one time. I apologize yes. for that. I did not mean. And this is not. Her. He almost killed my character. <laughs> this is. He said something. I laughed and I choked on my. He, drink we almost had an almost actual died. player death. Yeah. 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 Cast that, member death, as you were. That yes. That's right. A member of the yeah. cast has fallen. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those things where you, you you can't really be scared. One of the best mindsets to to think about when you're going in as a new character is to separate the actual people side of it. If it's something for you that you know people are you're not used to being around people, or you're worried about meeting new people, just kind of dive into your character and really think. You know. What, it, what would my character do? And that kind of separates you a little bit from the situation and allows you to really like dive in 
and kind of get some of that nervousness out of there. Cause that's really what I did was I was like, what would this character do in this situation? And she's a diplomat and she tried to kind of help di- diplomatically do things. However, other people had other intentions. So. Yeah. Of course. Did your OBS yeah. die, Diz? Well, it's dropping frames. I think it's more okay. the internet. Uh, All right. Yeah, it's back. It's back. Yeah, it's like a time. All right. So now let's get into the this campaign, the story, the previous episode, stuff like that. So, Diz, mm-hmm. how do you think everything's going with the campaign so far? And how did you like the previous episode? Well, um, I really liked how the campaign started. Uh, I don't know if everybody liked how it started. Uh, it was a bit intense. Um, and you were that helping me at that time. Yeah, um, yeah. And you were on board. Um, I wanted I, to kill them with vampires. I definitely want to briefly touch on it. Uh, so they were uh, they had just rescued a girl who looked just like one of the other party members. And they were bringing her out of this out of this underground place into this warehouse that was kind of disguising this place. And they walk outside and a sniper takes out the NPC that they just saved that looks just like the other party member. Like right in the arms of that party member. Um, instant death of the of the NPC. And, True death, Sookie. And then everybody goes into like scramble mode and then buck here his character hears something and realizes that the building is blowing up from underneath them up and they all run and the building blows up uh so if you haven't watched it it's on youtube dramatic action it's pretty michael bay would have been proud and the only but, reason JD heard it is because I was trying to disable the door that allowed it to open to lead down into that building underground when he said it started to chain reaction explode. Uh, but I won't lie, we, we've had a little bit of a rocky go on, you know, um, people playing and stuff like that. But we've kind of worked through that. And now we actually have 10 people playing, which is more than any other game I've ran. Um, but I think we're doing it pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. We just have to be courteous of everybody. So I think that's going to story wise. You guys are just now getting into the actual like meat of the story here. And I, I really love it myself. I, yeah. I, th- I, I know think it's what's coming up perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think everybody, amazing. Will, I think everybody <laughs> will enjoy this next part. Definitely. hundred percent. I'm excited yeah. for it. The chat um, will enjoy it. The players will yes. enjoy it. The characters may or may not enjoy it. I don't know. <laughs> characters may or not, may not live. I, I guarantee JD <laughs> won't, but that's because it's JD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Buck, what about you? How have you liked everything so far? And what about the previous episode? Did, uh, how did that go for you? I, I had to laugh about the previous episode uh, because, you know, Yarman almost dying when we have literally a weapons expert slash explosive expert in the party that could have clearly cleared that whole barricaded chimney flute without any issues is that goes up after he almost dies. So I'm kind of over here laughing going, 
well, he's he's being Yarman and being stupid when we could have easily done this a lot better. He was the one who could climb. But he was the know, one who was most likely to make it to the top like a spider monkey. So we let him. But you know, it, good reason. It it was interesting because you know, hearing y'all's own campaign, you know, not getting to watch all of it or or any of that, but getting to hear bits and pieces, I knew where we were when we got there. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I know what happened here, <laughs> even though I wasn't a part of it. And that was interesting because that meant that we hit a spot that, you know, Diz had set up in a previous campaign that they never got to explore because they lost two party members and they all hauled ass out of there so they didn't lose anybody else. We and so <laughs> getting to explore that was was great because we got to go further than what y'all had previously as far as campaign goes i've enjoyed it for the most part um there's you know like this uh, there's been attendance issues that have kind of caused us to have issues here and there on certain comments or or people not knowing where we are in the story when they do show up so that makes it a little off but as far as the campaign story it's good so far lady yeah i mean i so far i've really enjoyed it i the the past episode was a lot of fun um we totally robbed that dude blind um for sure <laughs> um let's just say we pulled a lot of loot out of that area that was over there and we were not expecting to not fight over there <laughs> and the rogue didn't take shit yeah stereotype <laughs> one session at a time the rogue was very unroguish. But he was, very... was looking for a way out. He was can like, I "Here, you one can thing take it." From last yeah. episode, yeah. I thought Ellen's character would have opened that one chest. Not Yarn. He was focused. So, when wait, was you right, wanted her was... to get? Oh, that. I chest. didn't want to, but I figured that's what would happen, and that's what you know. Always expect the unexpected as the DM. But so, uh, I figured yeah. the rogue would <laughs> unlock the chest, but you did not. <laughs> yeah, Yarman getting sucked in. I, I knew as soon as I was like, I'm going to reach out and grab him. I was like, no, she's not. Her strength is terrible. Like, there's no shot. And I rolled absolutely horrid. And I was like, yep, he's gone. Bye. See ya. Because I, I knew it was, I mean, I had to tech magic on. So I knew there was something wrong with it. But Yarman's character is just so, he's so out he's, there. It's, it's a such monk. a cool character to have. He does what he wants. And Man, yeah. did he do what he wanted? <laughs> That's true. He did. He did. Uh, what? what about you, Ellen? What do you think about everything? It's it's just hilarious to watch how stuff plays out. Um, yeah. And trying to focus on doing things true to character because in that situation, she's very survival focused. So her first priority was like, all right, how are we going to get the hell out of here before I start taking all of this shit? So her priority was, all right, is there another exit? And then everybody else comes in and starts, you know, filling their pockets. So it's just been fun to kind of see how things play out because I'm somebody, the session ends and I'm already playing out how next week's going to go in my head. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. sleep, guys. She doesn't I don't. Sleep. I don't. <laughs> so Ellen's I don't. character. D&D &D hangover is real. <laughs> uh, last week is kind of like... Uh, buck and arc right he's all focused on survival immediately level 65 when he logs in knows how to build everything she's looking for an exit 
making sure we're ready to go. I will say the one thing that shocked me the most was how willing everybody was to trust this guy for us to go back through the beholder well, door. <laughs> that I feel like everybody was like, I guess this is what we're going to do. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, I, I was like, I don't care what we got to do. I'm not <laughs> doing that because one clan wasn't there to play his character. And clan is the sole reason we really slipped through there the first time without mass casualty. <laughs> So when I was like sitting there and I was, I realized there was no door in the other room. I was like, there's gotta be another way out. Like there's gotta be something. And then it like clicked in my head. I was like, there's a fireplace. I was like, fireplaces don't not have chimneys. Like that would be weird. And so I was like, you know what? I bet we can get out of there. It might not be easy. And it wasn't because Yarmin almost died. Um, But I 100% was like, my character was like, we are not. No. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't necessarily that I was trusting him. It was, okay, this is the only option. It was a, all right, how are we going to make this work so that we can get the fuck out of here and survive? Well, if y'all remember, when Diz asked me what I was doing after Haddock walked away from me and I told him I was formulating a plan, JD was sitting there the whole time thinking of the best way to make this work without anybody dying. Mm-hmm. Like oh, that's I believe how, that's you. How, that's how JD <laughs> works. That's his military mindset of, all right, what's the task? We got our medal. Now we got to get out. How do we get out without everybody dying? Yeah, I was concerned. I was concerned with him being able to to really actually control those two did creatures. You like, did you like how I just kind of kind of threw the fireplace in as in passing, and nobody even noticed it <laughs> until until ladies like. it's funny funny (laughs) because the two that went to go check it were the two that never stepped foot in that room to start with she says Mm -hmm. oh there was a fireplace and we're like why the fuck didn't you say so (laughs) we were busy like we were looking for a way out in here the two survivalists are like oh fireplace hang on and we take (laughs) off running like we'll go check (laughs) yeah listen man she was looking for a door. She comes from a noble place, you know. <laughs> She's looking for doors. Get <laughs> a door somewhere. And I say I wasn't there, unfortunately. I was sick, but my character became a singing paladin. That's true. <laughs> uh, which is awesome. I love it. Russ is free to play my character at any time. Yeah, that I can. y'all got to go back and watch that because that was great. That's now canon. Yes. Clan officially has to sing every time. Now. <laughs> there you go. I'm one level bard. <laughs> <laughs> And you can, if you're in my chat, you can see it there in chat. You can go to youtube.com slash nerdcopia underscore network and look at all of the past episodes of our campaign. Uh, it's very cool. I like it myself. So uh, we're at the final part of the night. So now is when I'm going to open it up. We'll do this every episode. I'll open it up for questions. So this is the time that Diz, being the DM, can ask questions of the players. Mm-hmm. Players can ask questions of the DM and anyone in chat. Can feel free to ask any question that you want. That's why we're here. So I'm open the floor to everybody. If you have a question, please ask it now. Put everybody on the spot. Crickets. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, I know. Nobody's asking questions. I don't know this ahead of time. The questions I want to ask, I would not get the answer to. Right? Hey, you you st- can't know about future events. That what I will count. say is, Diz, how bad did you want us to actually go back through the door? 
to into the, the Holder Room. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that I would have really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the entire <laughs> experience of you guys being in the room. You guys were in a room. For just in one room. Mm-hmm. No combat. Just in a room. Looking around right. for four hours. I was, I was like, how is this happening? I don't understand what's going on. But uh, I would have loved it if you guys would have opened the door. Because <laughs> then I would have had to figure out if did the fire elemental actually, you know, how much damage, do damage. did it do to these oh, yeah. Yeah, How much damage did, does the fire elemental do if the fire did elemental did do damage? disintegrated uh, right after you guys went in there? Did it just get disintegrated? So it saved beholders? you from math. It did save me from some math. It saved you from a lot of math. <laughs> but uh, you guys being magical, I figured there was endless ways that you probably could have got out of this place. So, And it came down to an explosive. It came down to a monk and some explosives. Yep. <laughs> there you go. All right. Any other questions? Uh, consider we probably will never go back into what, what is now dubbed the hellhole. <laughs> Was the trigger mechanism on the statue that had to open that door disc? Was it on the statue? Hmm. I have to go back to that statement that I said earlier. I, it's really hard to say. I told you the questions I would want to ask, he's not going to answer. <laughs> I did tell. I do tell the players at the end of the campaign. Uh, write down any questions you have, and I will answer any That's question. One of them. <laughs> It's not that big of a deal. I was just wondering because that's where JD would have headed had we opened that door. Mm-hmm. The real question is, is, will we have enough metal to fix the ship? Yeah. It is a question. That is a question. That's something I was thinking about metal. as we were down there. I'm like, well, we didn't kill the two beholders and steal any of that metal. So let's I mean, if, the, if we don't, four bodies we're, we got, we're good. If we don't, we're stripping Sir Eldrick first of all his armor <laughs> and then we're stripping Prugwin of his armor well somebody can trade out armor because we did get that Listen, one armor sir eldrick looks amazing naked <laughs> hey everybody everybody in the initial party knows what jd looks like naked because he has stood in a doorway in all his or a window in all his glory say, and shot he, vampires he has a magical long sword and i'm not talking about his weapon <laughs> Well, that's good because you dropped that in the sewer and almost lost it. I, I got it back. Oh my gosh, I remember that. Back. Oh man. I do have a question. What do you guys think about the combat? Because usually, I mean, we have 10 people that play, but most of the time we only have about nine or less, um, nine or eight that, that can show up and play. The more players you have, usually combat stretches out and becomes long. Like you'll you'll do one round of combat and it'll take you forty five minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys getting bored? Um, or, or how do you feel about it? Is it okay? I mean, is it just you know it is what it is? I'll say that at least so far, the combat that I've been in with everybody since now we have this larger than life party. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Feel like we've had the problems that we had before yet with combat uh i mean yeah combat takes a while but i mean you're going through you know 10 characters uh you know nine to ten characters at a time um but so far i have to say i've not really had a point where i'm like 
Oh, well, should they already know what they're doing? I mean, God, what's going on? I've not ran into that yet myself. Now, other people might be different and feel free to say that. that no, Santa, that's not what I thought. I <laughs> no, so my one request would be maybe in combat saying, okay, this person's up. This person's up next. Make your plan because me, I get distracted easily. So hearing that, hey, Ellen, you're next. It's like, oh shit, focus, listen. This is what you're doing and get that figured out ahead of time. So just giving that, by the way, this person's after this one might make it move a little bit smoother. If yeah, anybody there's says, so many people. Usually there's a turn tracker inside of D&D Beyond that I have up that you can look at and see you know, who's up next. And I, I do try to tell the people who, you know, who's up next, but mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. always do it because um, usually I'm like, track. okay, doing math and mm-hmm. the holder's doing this. Right. Ellen wants to do this and he does this. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I code for a little while. Yeah. So we could kind of split that up a little bit. Yeah. The only yeah. thing that I find is it is hard. I mean, when you have, let's say nine to 10 people playing and making decisions, your decision could change instantaneously one one small change in what somebody else does can completely change everything that you want to do for example you know i worked my way around the beholders and i i was going to i had taken uh sickening radiance which is a dope spell it's super cool does a lot of damage and you know i was like this will be perfect well clan scared him away and then i was like well god what do i do like what what do I do now? Like it, it, I ran into the problem of, you know, the person before you could completely blow up everything that you just, Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to, when you have that many people, like when you're going through a couple of people, it's a little easier because you can kind of anticipate and decide what's going on. But you know, nine people, you couple, couple people down the road, you don't, you're like, Oh God, well now what am I going to do? You know, what, what, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> I would say there's only one issue that we have as a whole. I agree with Buck on this because I know exactly what you're going to say. You might not. <laughs> <laughs> I've voiced this to Diz and Clan both a couple times now. The mouth running in the middle of combat gets out of hand. It's, it's one thing somebody makes a joke, like somebody says, I do A, B, or C, and then somebody makes a joke about it, fine. But when it takes a five-minute detour out of combat, that shouldn't really be happening. Yeah. Because, you know, that, that lengthens combat significantly, and then everybody forgets who's doing what. Like, you know, even if Diz is, is focused on everything happening, if it's say clan's turn and Josh makes a comment and everybody starts rattling off and following that comment, and then this is like, okay, who's next? Uh, Ellen, it's your turn. Well, clan never finished his, mm-hmm. yeah, and so that becomes a problem because then everybody gets lost at what we're doing, yeah, yeah. And that as a group, that's something just we have to be conscious of because, um. What happens is during these long combat rounds, people do get bored and we are just hanging out together too. So you want to like talk and stuff like that and laugh and it's it's a natural thing. 
but it does lengthen out the encounters and stuff like that. Um, what I always say is I I prefer that that the players do their comedy through their characters in game. You know, uh, put put the energy there. Um, but crosstalk is going to happen. Um, you know, and even like. Uh, that look, they call it metagaming. Do you guys have you guys heard of that term, mm-hmm. metagaming? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there is some metagaming in combat that DMs will usually allow to a point. Um, you know, uh, somebody will say, oh, you probably should have done this or something like that," or "Hey, you wanted to do that." Now, I don't like other people telling other players how to play their characters or anything, but if it's like friendly and you guys are, uh, you kind of let that stuff go by. But uh, yep. I mean, Buck's right. We we get together and we uh, I get into it too. I mean, I get distracted yeah. myself. And uh, oh, I, I'm so, not pointing fingers at anybody. Yeah. I'm just saying, as a whole, we it's tend to, to we yeah. tend to lengthen combat because we interject yes. conversation that doesn't have nothing to do with combat. I officially like yeah. Clan's method of putting all jokes into the chat because one, it makes the chat more exciting, and two, you can still well, have that conversation too. and laugh about it without interrupting somebody else's turn. <laughs> yeah, I like so, I like interacting I like that with a everybody. Lot. Yeah, not just us, the players, but also chat because it's one thing, you know, it's if you're sitting there just watching it, then it's kind of a one-way medium, you know. If you're there with us live and doing it, you have the opportunity that a lot of people don't have. You can interact with a game live. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's always good. And, you know, hopefully that allows our individual personalities to come out, not just our characters, but ours as well. And, you know, kind of build a rapport with the audience. That way they want to come back. I, yeah. I've been told that JD's personality is my personality in real life. <laughs> um, so, <No. laughs> chat, if, if, if I'm talking as JD, I'm talking as, as Buck. That's true. They're, they're one and the same. <laughs> All right. Does anybody have any more questions or anything before we go? Yes, Diz. When are you going to let me make a sniper rifle? That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, that's the that's the official answer at the moment. Uh, they do exist, so you've actually been shot at by them. So. Right? Yeah. I want to find that exist. dude, blow his head <laughs> off, like and I take want his one. gun. Every time yeah. they get shot, I want one. <laughs> no, I just want his. I've seen what it can do. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, everyone, I think we can officially bring the first episode, hopefully not the last, of After the Roll to a close. I hope everyone had a good time. I did. I think everyone else did, too. Uh, we had some interactions from chat, which I really appreciate. Um Sweet Poison 02. Hope you come back and watch us again over in Diz's chat. Yeah. Uh, thanks for your questions and interacting with us while we talked. Uh, Diz, speaking of Not Actually Heroes Cataclysm, mm-hmm. when is the next episode of Not Actually Heroes Cataclysm? So I think this Saturday we're playing in Josh's campaign, Josh's. which we don't stream. Um, but then the following Saturday, we're going to have some more, uh, not actually heroes, Kevin which would be people. April 9th. There you go. April so 9th. April, that will be April 9th. 20. 8 p.m. Eastern time. Twitch.tv slash Dr. Diz DM. Be there live and in person. We, and you can hear us say, Hey, why is the paladin naked? 
Not everybody. And, and why does the vampire die by a gunshot? Okay, 